Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by the Task Reduction System. Learn to reduce your work hours by half without playing catch-up on the weekend. So the task reduction system is for you if you are working far too much in your business and in life and you're feeling overextended with no time for yourself. If you are struggling with guilt and anxiety, if you're confused about how to prioritize and where you should be spending your time, if you're doing everything in your business but your business is not advancing, the task reduction system is the perfect system for you. Learn to identify, label, organize, and schedule in your tasks and create more time and space for yourself. All the details are available at rawrawconsulting.com. There's a direct link in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. And welcome to the show. I am joined today by Suzanne Giesman. She is a messenger of hope, a mystic, a metaphysical teacher, and a medium who shares the awakened way, a path to knowing who you are and why you are here. Whether in her books, her classes and workshops, her weekly radio shows, or her one-on-one sessions, Suzanne provides stunning evidence of life after death. She is a former U.S. Navy commander who served as a commanding officer and as an aide to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Suzanne's gift of communication with those on the other side has been recognized as highly credible by noted afterlife researchers. And Suzanne is joining me to talk about life after death, channeling spirit, and speaking with those on the other side. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Thanks, Lauren. You were going to talk about my favorite topic, so I'm happy to be here. I know. And you know what? As soon as I started talking, I got full goosebumps. I got them now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we're definitely where we are meant to be. So, you know, your bio, it's... It's so funny. I always talk about how in these shows that I interview these experts and like people with so many different gifts and um, passions that really we could go anywhere in the conversation with you and anyone who's taken the time to see your website up to now would know that you have many things that we can encompass today. But I do think that I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and then moving into, you know, where else this conversation is going to take us. So first of all, how did your journey sort of begin? Have you always sort of been interested in the metaphysical? Not always interested in the metaphysical, but probably going back to my college days, I was interested in these people called mediums, but I didn't have a reason to visit one. Nobody that was really close to me had passed. And then when my grandparents passed, I had no strong longing to visit a medium. I do remember being interested in astral travel. And even when I was on active duty in the Navy, hiding things in envelopes around the house and having my husband, having my husband put them where I wouldn't see them. And then I would try at night to go find them. Never had any success at that. But I remember being a Lieutenant commander in the Navy, which is a mid grade officer. And I certainly didn't tell my colleagues that I was doing that. (laughs) I went to a channeler once and I, my only recollection is that it seemed not quite 
right to me. So I, I don't even know who it was at this point, but not, not somebody with any evidence. And so uh, never saw spirits with my own eyes. So I'm not what's called a born medium, but that interest was there and I would read about them. So I know that somehow spirit was planting the seeds for the second part of my life. I love that you said that you weren't a born medium because I interview a lot of people and the, a lot of the common threads with those people are that I had experiences when I was a kid and I blocked them out and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, for some people, like, you know, lots of people listen to the show, actually, you know, they might want to develop these skills as well. And so when they hear from a professional like you who wasn't necessarily, you know, born or, you know, born with, I guess you're born with it, but maybe not realized from a young age, I think yeah. it does give a lot of hope. So I can't help but wonder, though, how did you kind of get into that oh, world yeah. when, yeah, when you were working in a completely different industry as a U.S. Navy commander? <laughs> so let me just really clarify when I say I wasn't a born medium, I wasn't born aware of the ability. And this is the huge point that I know that any of us can develop that ability because we are all souls and it's simply soul to soul communication. And I realized that it's, it's like a bell curve that almost all of us fall somewhere in the middle that we could really develop a nice nice connection with those across the veil. Some may just get little bits and pieces there at one end of the curve and some may open it up wide, but you never know until you try. But the reason it is possible is because we have the right equipment, the soul. We, that's who we really are. And that's who you're connecting with is other souls. So that's right. we're not the body that we see. We're not the personality we've taken on. We're deeper than that. We are both right now. We're both. Yeah, we're and living I, both, yeah. Yes. And so I retired from the Navy because of my up close and personal experiences on 9-11, decided to sell the house and cars and live my dream with my husband. We went sailing off into the sunset on our sailboat, literally uh, several years of sailing around. That was our home. We sailed across the Atlantic Ocean and we're off the coast of Croatia when we got the worst possible news that my stepdaughter, Susan, uh, is that her there? Oh, there I, just got full, her. Yeah. I just got full yeah. goosebumps when you uh, said that. She was a, a sergeant in the Marine Corps and was struck by lightning while reporting to duty one morning. And uh, so we got that call while we were off to this deserted island in Croatia and our whole life changed from that moment. Cause I went from suddenly no reason to seek out a medium to this, desperate need to know if what I'd read about throughout the years was true, that we really do survive death. And seeing her body without her spirit in it at the funeral convinced me that there is a difference between a lifeless body and what we know as the body. And it, this is animated by the spirit. And once it's gone, anybody who's seen a loved one after they pass, their body is just drastically different. And so I went searching for a medium, took my husband to one and uh, was very careful, Lauren, because I didn't want to be that desperate, gullible person 
Yeah. I knew I was vulnerable at that time. And so I was really looking for that medium to tell me things about Susan. She couldn't possibly know. I didn't give her our phone number. I didn't give her our last name. I was very skeptical, but open-minded. And that's the key. That's the key. And if you're meant to have a good experience because it's going to catapult your spiritual path forward, you will likely be led to the right person. And we were. And she brought through evidence of Susan that rocked my world, turned it upside down, my whole belief system when I said, whoa, I don't, I don't just believe that she was in that room. I know it. And now what does that mean for reality? You know? Well, yeah, like your whole mind is just completely opened up to the possibility of immortality in a way. Yeah, that's it. You said we're going to talk about the afterlife, and that's the message. There is an afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. And before life, <laughs> there is only life. Yeah. You know, it makes me emotional when, when I think about that. And um, I think that sometimes when you're on the spiritual path, I don't know if you feel like this, but, you know, when you see people in so much pain and grief and you just want to say, like, they're still here or, you know, you know, they've just shape shifted, you know, but it's all for us to find our own journey. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that earlier, when you were kind of, you had an experience, you were led to, um, the right person to kind of open the door to show you that possibility. So what happened from there? Did you continue to do reading? How did you decide that this was something that you wanted to do or did that just sort of start to happen for you? I only had that one reading. I didn't need another medium after that. I knew she was here and I had already written several books on different topics. And I thought, we need to let the world know this is real. And it's funny because people have been trying to tell the world that for decades. I just got a book from a gentleman who wants to be on my radio show that he just learned as in he wants to let the world know this is real. And I'm like, no, if you go back in the literature, people have been researching mediums for over 100 years. And there yeah. are many people who know this is real. But it, we're, we're finally catching on to that in a, more of a mainstream way. But at this time, this was 2003 seven when I had that reading and said, I'm going to write a book about mediumship, but it can't be some textbook. It, let's make it something people will read. So I wrote the biography of medium and Gaiman. And she brought through Susan through for me while we were doing the interviews for the book. And then I met her next door neighbor at Lilydale, a mediums camp in New York, spiritualist camp. And Janet Nohavik is a wonderful medium who really focuses on the evidence. She was British trained. And she asked me if I'd write her book. I said, oh, another book, but oh, they both had such compelling stories. I said, sure, just one more way to get the word out there. Now notice, I'm still, I have no idea that I have any abilities at this point. Right. I'm just writing about this amazing evidence that if you find evidential mediums, they'll rock your world. And Janet and and Gaiman were two of those mediums. And so in the course of interviewing Janet, getting to know her to write her story, she showed me by putting me on the spot that I could connect with spirit as well. She, when I was in her class just to study her, she put me in front of the whole class. And this is documented in a 
in the Messages of Hope documentary that was later done about me, we recreated that moment, a scene with Janet in the exact room where it happened, where once again, my world was rocked because I just wanted a, a hole to open up in the floor so I could fall through it when she said, there's a spirit standing here, what do you sense? And everybody's looking at me. What? <laughs> how do you know? I'm I'm just this Navy commander who's writing a book. And she pushed me and pushed me. And by gosh, I brought through the most amazing evidence from one of the women in the class that her father passed of cancer in his 70s, full head of hair. He was an engineer. She's like, Yeah, that's my dad. Now, at this point, I think I'm making it up till Janet also brings through evidence about him, his birthday, he collected ball caps. And I'm looking at her saying, you mean there really is somebody here? Then she pushed me a little further and I saw patent leather shoes in my mind's eye and heard the nickname Twinkle Toes. And that was that man's nickname and he was a ballroom dancer. And there, oh my God. there was no turning back after that. It's like, you mean I can do this too? I can bring the kind of healing to people that that medium brought to our family when they brought Susan back to us? Bring it on, bring it on. I love that so much. You know what, I had, um, well, there's so many things I wanna say. Actually, first of all, what I'm going to say, and I like to clarify this sometimes because I think that, um, it can be confusing for people about how the information is actually given to the medium. So for example, when you were speaking there, did you kind of get, you know, when you said you thought you were making it up, is it because you kind of got ideas in your mind or in your imagination that you then relayed out loud? Was that kind of how it worked for you? That very first time? Yes. And that's yeah. why it's very simple, to, easy to think you're making it up because the you know i heard the word engineer just the same way my own thoughts pop into my mind i heard twinkle toes the same way i saw an image of patent leather shoes just as if i'd thought about them so it felt to me like i'm pulling data out of the air now a very important point now that i teach mediumship is that you can pick up information in that way from somebody in the room who's thinking about their loved one. So it's so important to me to do this with the highest ethics and to show that these people really are here. And so what makes the difference? Now I feel them. I feel their personality. I interact with them. We have conversations and I ask them to tell me things about their loved one that even they don't know they have to validate with other people. That shows it's not data and I'm not just picking it up from the sitter, we call them. Right, and especially as um, empaths, which a lot of us are, um, we might that might be a natural thing that we just do. That's right. Uh, yeah, so when you were talking about evidential mediums, do you essentially mean mediums who show actual proof? As much as we can prove anything. Yeah. Uh, I like to use the word proof in a judicial sense instead of a scientific sense. Science wants everything replicated. And so they're gonna they're gonna 
try to show you that what you're doing is not real when you use that word proof. But in a court of law, we use the preponderance of the evidence and convict people, send them, take away their freedom because we believe in the power of evidence. Evidence, yeah, yeah exactly. The evidence points to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Absolutely, and we go way over 50%. We go way over preponderance of the evidence in a reading that's really good. We, yeah. I aim for 90% or above evidence, uh, accuracy, and by evidence, I mean information about that person that I or others don't know. Only the sitter can or their family can validate that. Yeah. In other words, things you won't find if you Google them or look online or go on their Facebook page. You know, pri yeah. Personal, personal things. Yeah. I think like sometimes it's just, you know, it's that whole thing. It's too good to be true. But, you know, there's a reason why you know, there are so many stories written about this content that there's so many people having these experiences it's because it is true. And it's just it the most true. amazing, amazing thing ever. I mean, I, I just want to go back before we kind of move into, um, you know, channeling spirit. I, I would like to go back to the fact that you were a U.S. Navy commander and, and now you identify as, you know, doing mediumship and mystic and stuff. What about people that you used to work with? Do you connect with them on that level at all? Or did you like, did you really fit into that world? Oh, did I fit in? I was made for that. <laughs> I was so I love that. Oh gosh, yes. From such a young age. And in college, here are people with rock star posters on the wall. And I have military posters because I know I'm going into the military. I just uh that that was my career path. I knew it and I went into it and I was very disciplined. I loved following orders. I loved being uniform, fitting into that box with everyone else. I loved the concept of serving my country, the camaraderie of being in the military. And yet it was so left brain it's so different from what I do now that yeah. I see the perfection in that path. I mean, I, I wasn't just a follow the normal career path Navy officer. I was a special assistant to the head of the Navy at one point. Then I went on to be a commanding officer of a shore unit. Then I was asked by the head of the whole United States military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, to be his right-hand woman, his aide-de-camp, to fly on Air Force One with the president. And to, oh, my God. I mean, it's, I was right there in the bulletproof limousine driving around Washington, hearing the top-secret conversations in the back seat. To go from that to now being very right-brain and left-brain, very balanced, very yeah. grounded, yet very much aware there's so much more than what's inside the box. Yeah. First of all, can I just say as well, and I, you know, I just think that's so inspiring and I don't know, I was going to say badass on the show, but like, <laughs> that is so awesome that you did all that. So I just want to give you some props. Because it was so exciting. It was a, an awesome, awesome career. And I, I'm very, very honored to have had it, but I yeah. wouldn't give up this new career for anything. Yeah. anything. You know what I love that you said about that is, you know, you made me feel, you made me kind of like re reminded, I guess, of the fact that, you know, as, as spirits living this human life, this human ex experience, you know, that we can have so many different paths, 
so many different experiences and journeys. And like, sometimes I don't know if you've ever done this because it sounds like you're already doing it in real life, but sometimes I think about, Oh, I could have, I could have gone down that road and had a completely different life, or I could have gone down that road and had a completely different one. And I love the fact that it sounds to me as though you listen to your intuition, you listen to your guidance and you are flowing with your life. And the minute that you have something that comes in that says, Hey, Suzanne, maybe girl, we need to pivot here. It sounds like you're listening to that truth and you are pivoting. So oh, yeah. please that everybody sort of, do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah, it is true. It's like if it's not flowing, it's not meant to happen. <laughs> exactly. My my assistants and I know to follow that guidance from spirit. If you're hitting a wall, it's because that's not the direction you're supposed to go. So when yeah. things aren't flowing the way you think they should be, you're not following the nudges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I heard the best line the other day. I was reading one of Colette Baron Reed's Oracle cards, and in the book it said protection is, uh, sorry, rejection is God's form of protection. Oh. I just thought, whoa, that was so cool. I'd that never heard it. Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard it explained like that. And, and that kind of, um, yeah, I guess it just complements what we're saying here. So mm -hmm. let's move into, um, you know, kind of the next chapter of our conversation, so to speak, when you have like your background, I really want to just kind of talk to you about a few things. I would love to talk to you a little bit about channeling spirit, because oh. not only do you channel, um, you know, do you speak with those who have passed on, you know, through your work as a medium, but I'm under the impression that you might also speak with spirit in general, um, obviously to help guide you along your path, but do you do channeling as well? And can you tell me a bit more about that? Oh, I sure do. And that was a big surprise to me too. You asked about my former military colleagues, uh, because we sailed away literally we lost touch with so many and our lives changed so much. There's yeah. just no interaction except for a few people. And one of them is a former army colonel who was on the joint staff at the same time I was. And she is just, she and I just love talking about this type of thing together because we embrace it so much. But if any of my former colleagues go online and watch the videos of me channeling my guide, Zanaya, that would be the most a uh, challenging thing for them to swallow until, yeah. until you move your awareness to the heart and listen from the soul because the information that comes through from the guides in the channeling sessions, the answers, the fluency, the energy of love is undeniably from a higher dimension, which is why I do it because from the very beginning, I didn't study channeling. It just happened and I flowed with it instead of rejecting it. To bring my husband into one of the very first sessions with a few select friends when I was very awkward about this, and Ty is a retired Navy destroyer captain, to have him in the room and say, that's not you, Suzanne, and ask the guys questions and be very satisfied with the answers that has shown me this is happening for a reason. This changes people's lives when they hear these messages. We've had physical healings spontaneously happen when people are present. Somebody was paralyzed on the side of their face for 30 years and walked out of the room with a 
with no more paralysis. Oh my God. Just from the energy. Uh, so I can't not do it when I realize that it's happening for a reason. And, and every day for over 10 years, I've gotten a message from the same guides and I published them over 10,000 people a day, get those messages by email because they speak to the heart. They, they help us see what's important in life. That's uh that's a service that I just love to provide with my team. I love that. Well, we'll definitely put a link to everything in the show notes as well, because I know that, you know, people are just in the middle of our conversation now, but they're going, how do I get in touch with this woman? So don't worry. We'll put all those details and I will be signing up for that mailing list as well. Cause I would love to hear messages from the heart. Yeah. So I guess we, uh, there's, it's hard to know how who's listening to this episode and at what I guess knowledge level they're at. So do you think in your own words, you could just explain a little bit, Suzanne, about what channeling is ex sure. exactly? You did sort of talk about how your husband said that's not you. Right. So I guess I'm kind of like, how did you fall into all of a sudden not speaking like yourself? And if you could describe that a little bit more. Yes. Once you come to understand that we are not the only beings in this world and that we are helped by other aspects of consciousness and expression. That's what we really are. We are source expressing through you, through me, through all of us for the experience, for life. And there are other dimensions like a radio dial. We can tune into those beings that operate at different bandwidths of consciousness than here. So when I communicate in a one-on-one -on -one reading with someone, that's a pretty familiar bandwidth radio station once you do readings i channel this group of guides who's a little bit of a higher channel they have more of the bigger picture they have a greater picture than we do and right. so they have great insights to share with us yeah. so and are they more objective as well would you say oh yes yes <laughs> that, they don't have emotion he said she said in their conversation they're so helpful in that regard. They help us see things differently and then yeah. we can see that way from this level. And so what happens in channeling is through my intention to hear what they have to say and to be the voice for their insights, I've learned to surrender my ego really, which is really my human story, my focus, any fears about looking stupid or sounding dumb or saying something wrong. I just get that out of the way and I sit and I say, step into my field and use me. So it takes a few minutes to get into a really expanded state of awareness, but people who are present, they can see when they step in it, my face changes the energy changes, the temperature in the room changes. Oh, you can wow. see multiple sessions of this online on YouTube and on my website. And then they speak fluently through me for half hour to an hour with nonstop. And it's the most amazing part is when they answer questions from people who are participating. The answers come sometimes even before half the question is out and it is but it's a lot more smart than I am. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of questions do people ask? Do they ask questions about their own life or do they ask questions about, you know, life in general or what happens to us when we, we die? Things like we that. Do, we deliberately ask people not to ask personal questions because the sessions are to benefit everyone. Everybody. And yeah. so, uh, 
in the one-on-one sessions I do, that's where people can get private answers from their own guides. But in these sessions, people ask all the deep life questions, anything that you would want to know if you had a genie in the bottle is like, I just did a video about that the other day. You know, what is the afterlife like? Why are we here? What will we ever see the end of wars? Just, I have a, oh, we just went public with a frequently asked question page on my website that is this treasure trove that's growing now of the answers they've given for the past decade with references to the specific session when they when they answered it it's stunning oh wow okay well we'll definitely put a link to that as well we'll put a link to everything in the show notes so people don't worry you can just sit back and listen it'll all be there but you can feel the energy in the answers you really can that it's not just by reading them yeah oh yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, um, you know, when spirit comes in channels in through you, like, did that sort of just happen to you through a meditation or did it happen to you when you were in a session or, you know, cause yeah. you would have had a really open, like you need to be careful, right. When you're doing that. If your intention is always that you only connect with the highest most benevolent loving beings and that you're doing it to serve the highest good, then there's nothing to be careful about because that is the precaution, our natural protection. If you have a lot of issues that you have not resolved, spirit will have a way of making sure you learn those lessons and they might frighten you a little. So you pay attention. There's some fear in here you need to deal with before you start dealing with the higher energies. But this happened with me because the week that my Susan passed, I began meditating, knowing somehow intuitively, I want to connect with her myself. So I began meditating every day with that intention, connecting with Susan. And then I just began connecting with all kinds of aspects of higher consciousness. Ultimately, yes, connecting with Susan, but it took several years to get to the point where I'd cleared out my own gunk, my own stuff through meditation. And one day sat with a couple of friends. This is all in my book, Messages of Hope, how this unfolded. And we just thought, oh, let's see if anybody shows up. Some of our loved ones, three of us, three girls in a room with a tape recorder going. That's how long ago it was, tape recorder, right? (laughs) And, And we're just quiet and all of a sudden this masculine voice with a Russian accent comes out of my mouth and uh, that was the start of it. I just went with the flow and my friends almost fell off their chair. And I, who is that? And he said, you may ask me questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the answers, they just speak to the heart. They are consistent. They have been consistent since 2010. They don't change in that regard. So I, I trust my team implicitly. Yeah. And you know, that's a constant running theme um, in every single conversation I have with, um, with people. It's about trust and it's about intention. And, yeah. you know, I think that sometimes we don't learn to trust ourselves early enough in life. And so it's a skill that we definitely need to develop. When you're speaking, um, are you conscious of the things that you're saying? Or are you kind of, you know, are you taking a back seat? Do you come back and go, what happened? (laughs) It's it's a dual awareness. I have a weekly radio show and interviewed a woman who was being dragged under a car 
and she split off from her body and she was aware of being under the car and she was aware of watching it. That's what it's like when I channel in a much less violent way. <laughs> I, I am, I can hear the words coming through like a spectator, like I'm sitting in the balcony of a theater. Right. Yet I hold the focus to hold the connection with them. So right. even when I hear, like, I'll be honest with you, I, I was not raised with any one religion and Jesus, the consciousness of Jesus has come through me several times with evidence that knocked my socks off that I could trust this was him for the messages and love that he had to bring to everybody. But I didn't want to do that publicly. I was not ready for that. And the first time he started coming through publicly, this is the perfect example of that dual nature. I, Suzanne, am sitting here saying, oh no, oh no, I don't want to be the person who channels Jesus. Yet at the same time, the soul of this one known as Suzanne was sitting here saying, I have set the intention that the greatest good be served. I will sit here and do this. And yeah. that means holding and being present as the vessel for whatever comes through. I yeah. think that, you know, sometimes it's difficult. Like, I, I agree with you that this stuff is becoming a bit more mainstream, but there's definitely people that are not doing it with the highest good in mind. They're, they're not doing it to serve. They're doing it for self-service, like, you know, maybe for their own intention or whatever. And there's a lot of maybe negative press around some of this as well. So I can see why you might've been hesitant to bring forward a spirit. Yeah. Not anymore. Like Jesus. Yeah. Not anymore. It's just so healing. Yeah. yeah. What do your spirits think about what's happening in the world right now? Like, do you get message? I know you talked about giving messages, you know, to your email list and stuff like that. Do they, do you ever sit down and go, I need to, I want to deliver something about what's happening in the current state. Oh, I have videos on, on my YouTube channel about COVID and yeah, so many things that they talk about, but really so many times you could just take out the issue of the day and fill it in with the next issue of the day. They always take us back to the soul's higher perspective yeah. that everything we experience here is temporary and it is an opportunity to gain that higher perspective of right. neutrality with compassion and say, how can we learn and grow from this? How can we help others learn and grow from this? no matter what the situation. So I guess, you know, that's the thing is like, it's understanding that, you know, I always say, you know, we never start where we want to end, right? Um, we always, it's about a journey. And it's like, I guess that's the thing that we need to remind ourselves is that we're all figuring out our own way. We're all figuring out our own path. And would you say that, you know, having the ability to have an open mind has been critical in your journey? It's the number one key. It comes before all else. The openness that anything is possible, the belief that things we can't even imagine are possible. That starts. Then the intention is the next critical piece having a clear, very clear intention that comes from a place of love. Those two things together, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because I can channel and I can get answers for people, but 
my main mission is to show people how to get their own answers, to help people find the soul that's right here, to find the peace that's right here. I don't want people dependent on me. I love, love interacting with people. I love the energy when we're in a group, but let's spread that out because boy, our world can use more of it. Oh, did you just yeah. get those goosebumps? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I actually felt emotional when you said that because I just think that, you know, there's a lot of like almost pattern undoing that we need to do. That's um, it. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, we have to do the work. And I remember um, I was talking to someone the other day and they're, they're a medium as well. And they did a reading for somebody and basically the client came to them a year later and apparently the reading was almost exactly the same. <laughs> and she said, well, you told me all this last year. And then she said, well, did you do any of it? And she had done <laughs> none of it. Right. <laughs> and so that's, that's the other thing too. It's like, you're not there to help people, you know, you're there maybe to facilitate ideas or support them or give them new, you know, perspectives potentially, but we're still living a free will life. Like we're still living a life where I decide how I show up every day. I decide if I am going to, you know, be accountable for my actions or if I'm going to go left or right on the highway. Like I decide that, right? Oh, absolutely. And our guides won't give us all the answers. We do have to ask before they'll tell us most things, but even yes. some things they won't tell us. And one of my favorite stories, if I might, is this woman came to I me love and stories. And she, I love them, girl. <laughs> and she came to me and then I did a reading. I said, Oh, you have a husband who passed. He's right here. And he shows me that he passed from a heart attack. Very sudden. You didn't get to say goodbye. Yes, that's right. Lots of evidence from him. His beautiful. We love to balance the evidence with the messages. What do they want to say to you now that they've shown you this is them? Right. And he said, Honey, I just want you to be happy. I know we'll never, you'll never love anybody the way you love me, but please be happy. So a year later, she came back to me and she said, now my husband said he wanted me to be happy. So now I need an answer from him. And I said, okay. She said, I have two men who want to marry me. Which one am I supposed to marry? <laughs> and uh, he wouldn't answer it. And it was just so funny. And the guides then came in and showed her a way to get your own answers. And that's on my frequently asked questions page, how to get your own answers. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us a little teaser on how to get your own answers? Because one yes. thing that, one thing that I, re I believe in 100% is that if you have to ask everybody around you, it's not the right thing for you to do. I believe that you just like intuitively. You already know. You're looking know for your answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, people just want validation. They don't trust that inner yeah. guidance. And so go to a place of peace that's already here. It takes a good three long, slow breaths and just become this this empty vessel, this blank slate. You don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. So I'm asking higher consciousness through me. It's whether it's your soul, your guides, spirit itself, it's all one consciousness. So you get quiet and you say, which husband do I want to answer? Do I want to marry? Whatever question you need answered. Is yeah. it this? Is it husband candidate a <laughs> and, 
And if the answer is yes, you'll continue feeling that open spaciousness. There's no clenching at all. If the answer is no, you'll feel it. It's sometimes subtle and sometimes it's, one, it's well, one time I went, oh, because it was such an obvious no for whatever question I was asking. Then yeah. you say, is it candidate B over here? Is it you know, John or Jim? And then if there's a clenching, it's no. If it's open, it's yes. So if you get two open answers, mm, it's likely not going to happen, really. If you get two no's, then wait a while. It's neither one of them. And yeah. so you're using your own intuition, which is using the body like a pendulum to answer that question yourself. That's a yes, no. But for questions that yeah. you want longer answers to, you do the same thing. You get quiet. You connect at the heart to higher consciousness. You ask your question like a laser beam directed to somebody out there has the answer, not just wondering aimlessly, but whoever's listening now, why have I been suffering with itchy skin for the last year? You know, that kind of specific question. Right. And then you just be quiet for a while and see what arises in awareness insights might pop up. If they don't immediately, you will be led in the next few days to an answer. Yeah. And I guess the whole thing is listen to that answer and trust the answer that you're getting. Yeah. How do you discern between fear and nervousness and like a no answer? Very challenging if you haven't practiced regularly being yeah. quiet. And so if you want to get to the point where you can tell the difference, you must learn to find the peace that's already within, or you won't know the difference. You'll still be like this all the time. So that's why, and I have lots of tools, free gifts on my site of how to find that place of peace and silence and quiet. That'll change your world more than anything is a yeah. regular practice, even if it's five minutes a day of just being being where you are. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And um, one of the things that I do, and I'd like to know whether or not you think that this is um, something <laughs> that you encourage as well, I guess, <laughs> is um, I guess I, I put the intention out there sometimes because sometimes I feel like maybe I'm just nervous because I'm, I'm just nervous about it because it's a big change and I'm aware of all the work that's going to have to go into this change. Um, but I kind of put out the intention that if it's meant to flow, if it's meant to be, it will flow. And the minute I get like a hurdle or it becomes hard or challenging, then I know like, no, that's not the right sort of path for me. That's beautiful intention to watch for that flow. Yeah. Noticing being aware of the nervousness is immediately an indicator that you are in human mode. So, recognizing that and being able to shift your focus to simply being that's not being human that's our pure natural state as consciousness before we're in a body after we're in a body we are being itself there's no nervousness there if you don't know what that feels like set that intention to come to know your true self yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful. I know um, I've, I've done a lot of um, reading of Eckhart Tolle's work and he talks a lot about the power of now and he 
um, one of the exercises that he does is he says, okay, you know, think about, or not, he's like, pay attention to your thoughts and then go, and this is his kind of way of trying to help you find that, those gaps of space. And he goes, think about what will my next thought be? And then watch for the thought to come in. Good. Whenever I explain that to somebody, I always have these gaps of just like complete peace and just presence. That's being. You're not, yeah. you're not trying, you're observing, you're waiting, receptive to what arises. That is being. Yeah. No expectations, no assumptions, just wonder and curiosity. I wonder what's going to arise next. That's being. Yeah, I love that. Do you think that, you know, I guess like what's coming to me is, you know, that we take life far too seriously that we need to, you know, do you think that there's a sort of a pattern with a lot of the people that you talk to, you know, is there a lot of grief there? Is there a lot of fear there? Is there a lot of, you know, stress over things that just really don't matter? I know you've talked about your own journey, how you've seen a lot, you know, starting when you were making that shift um, during the 9-11 time to, you know, when your stepdaughter passed and, you know, you've had some major changes in your life. Yeah. How were you able to kind of harness the joy within that? And do you think that's something that, you know, we need to do more as people to kind of, I guess, lift our vibration, but to experience life the way that it was meant to be given to us? Well, life is for me, an acronym, love in full expression. And the full expression of it includes serious times. So to say that we take it too seriously would denigrate the grief and tragedy that people are dealing with in their human roles. Right. So we are here for all of it, the good and the bad. And sometimes that sucks, right? It's just yeah. put it bluntly in human terms. And yeah. yet... That is why we came here. Some souls actually signed up for challenging lives because they could take it. Yeah. However, we're given the gift of humor and we're given the gift of love. It's our essence. And we're given the gift of friends and joyous moments and celebration. We're given the gift of nature and feeling our connection with that. So, it's not so much of taking life too seriously. It's a matter of taking human life as the only option. Once you realize you can shift to being this awareness, this soul that is having the human experience, then you can have this beautiful, neutral, yet interested, compassionate view of it and decide, do I want to take this a little less seriously? Yeah. Yeah. If you see things as a problem, you're in human mode. If you see it as an opportunity, you're more in soul awareness. Right. Because I guess when you're talking about opportunity, um, you're talking about growth and with growth comes expansion. Yes an opportunity to see things differently. Yeah. I saw my stepdaughter's death as the worst possible thing that could ever happen. How could this happen to us? I, you know, I don't want to be here anymore, that kind of thing. And now I see it as 
this this new led an experience that led to the ability to touch millions of lives. We've had over a million views on my YouTube channel. So millions of lives as a direct result of Susan's soul saying, got through enough lessons here. I'll see you from my new place of being. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. just amazing. When people come to you and they're in such, you know, grief and turmoil, how do you kind of, I guess, help them to, to, I don't know, open their, their mind to see. That's why I'm just so grateful for the videos on YouTube, for the book and the documentary messages of hope. I guide them there. And I say, if that speaks to your heart, watch yeah. it. And then you ask your heart, what's my next step? You're, yeah. And then you would definitely just assure everybody, all of you are not alone. You're not alone. And I don't just mean loving people here who will become your greatest kindred spirits, new friends as you embark on this path, but you all have guides in the non-physical world who are just waiting to show you that they're holding your hands and with you every step of this journey. So that's where we start. I love that. And it sounds like you've got, well, I've already seen your, um, your YouTube channel and your website. So I know you have like a plethora of content and you've alluded to it during the show here today as well. Um, I guess I was wondering if you could talk a bit about your messages of hope documentary, because I know that's an award-winning documentary. Uh, where can people, can they stream that online? Well, you can, or how you that can it on Amazon prime in the United States and the UK, but it's also on YouTube. So you just, go to YouTube and do Suzanne Giesman messages of hope. It's, it is beautifully done documentary. And I get fired up every time I get to the end. Cause it's like, yes, that is the main message. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you watched it? Well, we screened it in, in, in uh, showings around the country for a yeah. year and it was in eight film festivals. And then, uh, a few times now and then, and I forget what it's like to like, I see the pictures of me in uniform and you see, and you say, thank you God for this path you put me on so that people see that and pay attention. They say, well, that woman's not squirrely. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's not a flake. I'm going to pay yeah. attention. And so pay attention to the end and hear that message about what this is all about. It's, it was a divine plan. I have no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you meditate every day? What's kind of your practice to get back to yourself? I'm married to St. Ty, who makes breakfast and takes care of the dogs every morning so I can come up here to this room and meditate. That connection daily, that few minutes of yeah. sitting in the silence daily is what keeps me centered and remembering we are so much more than this body. Otherwise, oh, you get sucked into the drama and it's so easy to fall back in the old conditioning. I hope I'm finally beyond that. But that that time of connection with the higher beings is sacred to me. So yes, every day without fail. Yeah. Number one and priority. Then, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I guess it's because when people say, well, I don't have time. It's like, yeah, but taking that time to just be where you are and to create that space is going to exponentially rock you oh. the rest of your day. 
it shows <laughs> you life. what is important. It shows you yeah. why you're here. And we're not talking about an hour. I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And sometimes yeah. it goes to 30 or 40, not that often, but oh, those times. Whew, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Some people can't sit with themselves. That should be your number one reason why you should be doing it. Because once you realize why you're squirming and why you don't want to be with yourself, then you're going to have a breakthrough. Please be willing to look and ask, what am I so afraid of? You know, your guides will be the first one to tell you, you are so loved. You are safe. Somebody told you otherwise, and that was a human thought, that you're so much more than human. That's so deep. I remember um, even a couple of years ago, I didn't even want to hang the laundry by myself because I just didn't want to be with myself. Oh, gosh, yes. I stayed in a, a marriage too long because I couldn't imagine being alone and don't let the house yeah. be quiet. And now I crave silence. Yeah. Yeah. I love my, 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 love my husband who I'm with now and I, I, but I still need my time just to be. Well, yeah. I mean, you are, you are living like you're on a journey. We're all on the journey together, you know, yeah. but you're on your own journey also. And, you know, you're going to be, if, if you're doing self care, it's self care. And so many people neglect that. And, you know, if you're taking time to be with you, are you're going to be showing that better for everybody else also. And you're going to be coming and operating and reacting from a, a point of view that's not necessarily ingrained in the human emotion of like, you know. Listen to her. She knows what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, listen, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Um, I've loved speaking with you. I, I guess I'd like to know whether or not there's anything that I didn't ask you that you felt you wanted to comment on. It, it's really hard to, you know, kind of summarize the content that we've talked about in an entire hour, but I'd love to know whether or not you've got any insights or anything that you wanted to kind of share before yes. we talk about how people can get in touch with you. Yes, you talked about patterning. And what we have here is a soul that is so, all of us, so conditioned to being human that there are layers and layers of conditioned responses and conditioned thoughts. And the number one thing gift you can give yourself is to become aware of the thoughts and listen to the ones that are telling you you're anything less than a magnificent being of love. If you're not talking to yourself with that kind of respect, and then of course, giving that to others, then you're out of alignment and your life will reflect that. So set the intention to listen to your thoughts, your own thoughts, and decide, do I want to keep believing this and acting on that? And then you can actually decondition those thoughts and repattern your whole life. You can. And I know that I made that shift around uh, 20 years ago. And uh, when I became aware that I was telling myself messages that it, it was, it was like that moment where I went, why am I telling myself all these things? And I don't really believe it, but I didn't really understand why those thoughts were still coming in and learning to be aware of them, replace and, those thoughts with yeah. the truth and then be present has been for me, the life 
a life-changing experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the second part is this is so much more than just positive thinking because it's really, who is it? What is it that is aware of the thoughts? Where are the, the thoughts observer. from? Yeah. The soul and source itself. So it is the journey. And as the layers come off, look out for that light that's already there to just shine brighter and brighter. Yeah. What a joy. What a, amazing. Thank you so much for such a great conversation. Can I put you on the spot to just say, have there been like, you know, one or two books that you recommend to people? I mean, obviously your own book, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, as I've said throughout the show. Um, but were there any books that you read that kind of like really helped? Oh, just you? about anything by Deepak Chopra is outstanding. Yeah. And Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle. We, we all read the same yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, we but, then, we but then, you know, listen to your own guidance and does it resonate with that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, when I read Eckhart, like it took me three goes over years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't You'll hear different it. things every time. Yeah. And then one day I read, this is all I've ever needed, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, listen, I know that you do readings, you have workshops, you do courses, you've got your, um, your YouTube series, your mailing list, you've got your documentary, um, you know, anything I didn't mention that you wanted to. A weekly radio show and monthly online webinars that are live where all the latest teaching from the guides in the past month, I share it all with everyone filled with evidence from the afterlife, this kind of energy. We have quite the community uh, in my Facebook page. So just check out the website. The Daily Way messages are there. And it's I just welcome you all if you feel pulled in that direction. Oh, thank you so much, Suzanne. What a great conversation. And I'm so thankful for all the gifts and the knowledge that you shared uh, during this show. And um, it's just so wonderful to see people like you in the world doing the work that you're doing. And um, thank, you. Yeah, just, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.